Coast Fundraisers. I'm Don Lego, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we're going to dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore those hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. So let's get going. I am super pleased to welcome a very special guest today. Um, we're going to be talking about some sensitive subjects, but nonetheless important subjects. Um, Myra Wilkie, I'm so happy to have you. Um, we're going to dive into so deep conversations today, learn a little bit more about your mission and what you're doing in West Central Indiana. So please, uh, audience members, welcome Myra Wilkie from Mental Health America of West Central Indiana. Myra, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Don. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, well, we love to have you. It's also nice to have um, somebody local to one cause, um, you know, at least in the same state. Um, we speak to people all over the country. And so uh, we're happy to see what you're doing in, in, in our home base. So why don't you go ahead for all of our listeners and please introduce yourself, the organization. Tell us a little bit about your mission and how you're impacting our communities. It's a hot topic, mental health and mental health wellness and um you know, it's something that we support greatly here um, in our culture at uh, One Cause. So I'm, you know, excited to hear about what you do. And uh, so give us some more. Give us a 411. All right. So as you said, my name is Myra Wilkie. I'm the CEO of Mental Health America of West Central Indiana. We're an affiliate of MHA. And I may say MHA, that just means Mental Health America. Um, we are the oldest uh, advocacy uh, not-for-profit around mental health, and so we're really proud of that. Um, we've um, been doing advocacy and education for over 100 years, um, and so um, our, our agency here locally was started over 70 years ago, so we were on the front end of that uh, trailblazing uh mission for mental health that our mental health is part of our our overall wellness and without mental health we have no health and um oh, there's a one-liner without yeah. mental health we, there we have no health I, I would certainly agree with that and it's it's you know the work that you do is so so important but I think hope well I don't want to say I think I'm going to ask you a direct question um about you know, here we are, um, the end of 2021, moving into 2022. I would hope that we're a little bit more comfortable talking about the uncomfortable um, and the importance of mental health and mental health awareness being maybe top of mind. Because um, like you said, without mental health, there is no health. So what would you say to that? Are we making some strides in that? area about, I mean, cause it's sometimes, um, an uncomfortable topic. Um, but I'd like to think that we're making it more comfortable so that we can pave the way for programming and funding and all the things that are needed to make everyone healthy in America. So what would you say to that? 
I would say that is one good thing that came out of the pandemic, Dawn, is that people um, kind of lost their mental health. People really struggled. Um, things changed quickly and very abruptly, and people didn't have time to kind of gear up for it. Um, so I do think it's a little easier to talk about it. I think employers are taking it much more seriously because there's a lot of burnout uh, with professionals. Um, we had the great, um, you know, millions of people left the job market, um, which put a strain on those remaining in the job market. Um, it's just, if there has been a lot, the stigma is still there. Um, you know, we still don't like to talk about people with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, but we are, we are kind of on a cusp now where we're able to talk about how our mental health kind of affects us and how, how our, um, you know, if, if we're not there, if we're not mentally healthy, I think as, as Americans, we understand that there are, there are consequences to that and that we need to take care of ourselves um, in a mentally healthy way, just like we take care of our physical health. Yeah. So what, what can we do? What, you know, what, what do we do? Awareness is one thing, right? Getting comfortable about the uncomfortable, something else. Okay. We've made a little stride there, but what about the stigma? What can we do to, um, just dissipate, eradicate some of the stigma, you know, because I guess mental health is a spectrum, just like everything else is a spectrum. So we certainly have the temporary mental health that comes from the pandemic, which mm-hmm. that led to, oh my gosh, so many, so much trauma, right? People, mm-hmm. you know, quarantined in a home together for the first time forever. I mean, I know I look at my husband much differently now. I mean, I've never had so much togetherness with him, which is wonderful, you know, blessing and a curse all at the same time. Right. Sometimes I was just like, I need a little space. Yeah. The other point was like, I kind of like having all this downtime with you, yeah. you know? So, so there's that temporary loss of job finances um, mm-hmm. that, that forced quarantine, which can make you climb walls, right? So there's a temporary, um, then there's also things that result from trauma or death, but then the things that you were talking about, like bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and, you know, just so many, the other side of the spectrum where it's, it's dangerous to themselves and to other people. So with all of that, there's such a stigma and really it's a matter of just, I guess, stabilizing and taking care of your mental health, just like you take care of your body. And when you're sitting, right, it's, it's the same thing. So what, what can we do to eradicate this stigma? So we really rely on educating people because with education comes knowledge and knowledge I think is a lot of power because people can start breaking down, you know, stigma is about fear. Okay fear and perception of a mental illness. And I think once they realize that their perception is wrong and they become more educated about it, that it's not, it's not as scary as they think it is. Their, their neighbors have some of those disorders. Their family members have those disorders. It's really hard nowadays not to be touched by a mental illness. Sure. Um, so 
I think once you start breaking some of those um, those old preconceptionalizations about you know the illness um, and and that you know we use different language like we don't use psycho just kind of like what I term the R word you know we just take it out of our vocabulary because as we talk about those words in a not with not a very pleasant light around it, it only leaves those people behind. So when we say, you know, oh, they're psycho, you know, that's just, you know, what are we doing to perpetuate the stigma around uh, mental illness? I don't and think and people you know realize it right when yeah. those words come out of their mouth and and it, it really transcends in so many areas people with disabilities or slow to learn or mm-hmm. you know the special olympics um you know put a ban on the r word i won't even say it and that was the right thing to do right because right. people you know so so i think we do have to be careful with our words and and i hope i don't know what's your take on this i hope that the pandemic has maybe just slowed people down a little bit so that they can absorb that education you know i love what mental health america is doing to educate and advocate mm-hmm. but if the audience is not receiving um, or or digesting the information, because we were moving so fast, I mean, mm-hmm. to, for me, that's a, a definite positive out of the out of the right. pandemic. We're moving a little bit slower. Maybe we're taking that time to accept that education mm-hmm. and really, you know, listen and hear and absorb and 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 be that change. Because it's just so hard to go through any illness, especially one that affects mental health, and um, you know, to have th- those horrible words just thrown at you on top of everything else is really so disappointing. So um, I hope that that's, I don't know. Do you think the pandemic has helped in that regard? I do. I think people have been more insightful about their mental health and that's helped them be more accepting. Um, Nobody right now is living in a perfect world. And I think people are still struggling. Um, Our our, so you can get on our website and take a survey on how your mental health is. So I think there's a depression screening. There's a uh, schizophrenia screening and a bipolar screening, and it'll lead you out. All you on your website? Screening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And our um, our surveys are up 123% since the pandemic. No. People taking them. So people are... Um, you know, they're finding avenues of ways to get help, which is wonderful. And they're inquiring, you know, even if they're just um, doing it by um, going online, that that gives them enough feedback where they need, where they can kind of determine for themselves, like what's next for them? What do they need to do next? Yeah, that's great. Well, why don't we talk? I mean, 123%. That's... um comforting and scary all at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, people are reaching out, seeking help, but yet 123%, those are big numbers, right? So what, what, what are we facing in in terms of statistically with, you know, mental health? Um, Like what, 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 what are you reporting in the way, you know, what we're seeing is increase in uh, major depressive disorder. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and in some cases that's not going away for people. It's like here to stay for them because the trauma that they endured through the pandemic has changed their brain chemistry to the point where, you know, sometimes it doesn't revert back to where you were before something happened. So they're moving forward, like in a new mental state that isn't as good as where they were pre-pandemic. Then we're seeing more young people. We're seeing suicide ideation Uh. growing. And nationally, the national trend has been to even see, um, you know, more substance misuse during the pandemic. There has been a huge spike in substance uh, misuse during pandemic. Um, So what I'm hoping- As if we didn't have a crisis before the pandemic, right? Now we have an increase, so- Well, we had a crisis before. (laughs) People just weren't, didn't have enough insight to know it. We Uh didn't get here just because of the pandemic. Right, right, right. We were headed on this trajectory and then the pandemic hit and brought it all to light, which what what I said earlier was that, you know, in, you know, there's some silver lining to the pandemic in that we now are understand exactly what course we were on with our mental health. Yeah. And now people, you know, through that education, they now understand better that we are, we've been in a mental health crisis and we're still in a mental health crisis. And if we don't take action, we're going to continue to be in a mental health crisis. Yeah, well, let's talk about taking action. What are some of the programming and resources available um, through, and I'm going to be like you and call it MHA. <laughs> let's get intimate. Um, so yeah. Mental Health America, what what are some of the programming resources and h- how do you help someone in a crisis? Or um, I want to hear all about what sure. the great work you're doing. So we have um, a homeless outreach program that um, takes case managers and peer recovery specialists out to people that are not sheltered. Um, they work very closely with those folks. Um, it's a, it's not a very glamorous job. You know, they're trudging through encampments and woods and mud and cold weather and rain. They're kind of like the postman who, uh, you know, we'll be there every every day, Monday through Saturday, uh, no matter what the weather, to take care of uh, what their needs are in the community. And they have each about uh, 40 clients. We have three of them. There's um, and they're just working, trying to get them either back into treatment and get them housed. And then we'll work on the other issues down the road. But it's really important that um, that they get, they stabilize their mental health and then we stabilize their housing situation. And sometimes it's kind of, you don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, but we let you know the client determine what's best for them um, because they, you know, they know more about their situation than we do. Um, so we have that great program and it helps link people to a lot of resources in the community and just, you know, the goal is to help them really get on their feet and, and moving forward. Um, we have a housing program that's pretty um, uh, substantial. We've been growing um, since 2012. Um, we had our first housing um, development in t- 2006. We only had like 10 units. 
we had 70, we have 78 units now, and we just received big funding for 42 more units. Whoa, 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 whoa. You had 10. Mm-hmm. You, you went to 48 and now, wait, what are those numbers again? So That's we went amazing from growth. 10 to um, 38. Wow. To um, 78. Wow. We, went, we uh, had another growth spurt in 2017. And then um, we're going to bring on Mullen Flats, which is um, not your typical permanent supportive housing because we're going to have a diversion center there. So our goal is um, to divert people with mental illness out of the criminal justice system. Oh, so they yeah, get service and not jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Treatment oh. first. So we're real um, excited and proud that we're going to be able to to do this and really take like a whole body approach mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do some expand our holistic um, approaches along with integrating um, um, physical and mental health there. So, yeah, you're triaging and you're um, kind of nurturing the whole self. Mm-hmm. and not adding to the problem because I don't know that jail is going to fix anything. No. You're kind of solving the problem. Yeah. Um, so good for you. Do you have a success story? Is there one that comes to mind that's especially inspiring or powerful that, that you've helped? I'd love to hear that. Sure. So uh, we have several, but um, this this gentleman moved in during the pandemic and um you know, I really thought he was going to die on the street because he hadn't taken care of his health for years. He just neglected himself. His mental health was really bad. He was just really struggling. And um, we moved him in. And, um, you know, you kind of you kind of think, oh, they're probably not going to make it, you know, because um and it's not by choice, right? No, I mean, he was no, really no, it's, right. just, it's not like he didn't take care of himself because he's just like a neglectful kind of person. Right. He really had that barrier probably all the way around, you know, physical, mm-hmm. financial, emotional, and, and oh. mental health could just was yeah. prohibiting him from getting the care that he needed yeah. to give himself. So and um, even when even when they move in, it's very overwhelming. You know, they've not had neighbors before. They've not had four walls. They've not had utilities. Ugh, you know, it's, they've not had four you know, walls. You know, and so sometimes, you know, sometimes we're just a journey along, a stop on their journey. Mm-hmm. And so, and we understand that and we're just ready, you know, all we can do is just be ready for them when they're ready to take that next stop. So I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but I wasn't too optimistic with him. And um, he has just actually bloomed like a flower. Ugh. It's just been, he has taken, and in 12 months, he's got his mental health stabilized. He's gotten all his chronic con- mental, or he's got all his chronic physical health conditions stabilized. And now he's starting to work on all those extra things that comes with uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs. You know, he's he's passed his um, his basic needs and he's entering into what I call a real quality of life stage where he can make uh, family reunifications. 
he can start getting employment ready and start seeking employment and or maybe go back to school or maybe transition into the community outside of supportive housing into his own rental. Um, and he has his own rental here, but we have a lot of supports and and when they do well um, and are able to be really independent, we want them to quote unquote move on into a traditional housing unit so then we can use the unit they vacate for somebody else that's in crisis um, high need yeah so the other thing he did that i was just amazed is that we had a new tenant move in a couple weeks ago and he actually helped that new tenant he took him under his wing and started providing supports to him and that to me that just chokes me up every time i think about it that he was able to get to a point in his life where he can now get back to somebody else you taught him well huh yeah oh it's a beautiful story and i think what i love is is the fact that you're you talk in terms of a journey while you may just be a stop in their life journey it sounds like the stop is not abrupt, right? You, you, you go in stages. And I, I think that's the best therapy because when you're in a crisis mode, think of, I often think about, you know, people that have suffered a loss, you know, I know personally, sometimes I hold back, um, giving a, you know, gift or comfort or a visit because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that person has all the support at the wake, at the funeral, the food, the deliveries, the messages, the texts, the, but it, it, and, and that's hard, right? When you've gone through a, a, a lost, you know, even with all that support, it's hard, but it's so much harder three weeks later when the emails and the texts and the, you know, the mail and the gifts and the food and people stop and buy stops. And then you're, you know, you're kind of alone. It sounds like what I'm hearing, and I love this about MHA is that you're really that stop in the journey is not like, okay, let's get your basic need now go because that's not reality, right? When you, when you're living in a supportive environment, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's easier than, you know, being alone and being out there, but it seems like you have phases and that you're staying with them through those different phases so that they can really really be healthy again and be independent. Um, so I applaud that, that, that that's great work that you're doing. Um, thank you. Thank you for building those communities and strengthening people. That's just uh, awesome to see. Um, but it can't, it must take a, you know, an army, right? They say it takes a village. I'll say it takes an army, um, to do what you're doing and funding. So, so what does it look like, um, over there at West central Indiana? How many of the, uh, how many of you are there? Um, what does your volunteer base, um, look like, and, you know, how do you make it all happen on, on the fundraising side? and on the um, programming side, what does it take over there? So we have 10 employees. We're getting ready to hire three new um, positions. Um, And then with Mullen Flats, we'll hire a couple more people. So we're very small. Um, I always say we're small but mighty because... Tiny but mighty, yeah, yeah. Our our staff is just really mission-driven and... Um, we 
or I invest a lot in their professional development. I think that's important. Um, I think um, I love that it it helps um, helps them understand a bigger picture. Um, and you know, in and through the pandemic, my staff has struggled, and I've tried to. Um, do things for them to help support their their mental wellness um, as they've struggled with trying to do self-care and different things. Um, you know, the feedback I kept hearing was, you know, they didn't have time to do self-care because we were so busy. Um, um, we were, you know, in, you know, we were in the, you, you have know, to practice what you ground. preach. Yeah. You have to so, practice what you preach though, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, trying to be mindful about that and um, uh, just um, uh, we, Keeping you know, your team healthy. Yeah. And, and I just value each member of my team for what they bring. And I keep reminding them of the good that they do in the community. Um, and, you know, I don't you know, I think sometimes we get too busy and we don't think each other enough for what we do and we don't kind of highlight the little things that mean things um, that people take for granted and we just you know I've just been really intentional about those things in the last couple years even more so and it's funny we had um, uh, someone who got their uh, anniversary date messed up last year and she thought she was getting this five-year plaque, which I just thought was just kind of like a checkbox. But she was like, where is my plaque for my anniversary? And I said, well, you'll get it next year. Uh-oh, <laughs> um, she was off a year. You're a year short. <laughs> you know, and it, that was like feedback to me to saying that those things are meaningful to yeah. staff. And, oh, sure. You know, I've been they, with one cause for 10 years. I couldn't wait for my 10 year plaque. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, right behind me, I'm sure. Yeah. I yeah. do personalized little anniversary notes to them that even the maintenance guys love. You know, they say, huh. you know, nobody that I've ever worked for has taken the time to tell me that I'm appreciated. Well, gratitude. Yeah. Every day, all day. We we have a podcast uh, episode with David Lynn, the gratitude guy. Um, so for all you listeners out there, after you finish uh, hearing this podcast, jump over to that one because gratitude goes a long way. And yes. it sounds like you're practicing what you're preaching. So what do you need the most? If you had to, uh, you know, earmark one thing, um, somebody's listening and your story's resonating and they want to help. Well, what, what do you need the most at MHA? So our donations, um, our physical donations of things really went down over, uh, during the pandemic, people, um, quit bringing in, uh, things like, um, perishable food and non-perishable items, socks, hygiene items, things to get an apartment started, like bath towels and washcloths and dish towels. And those kinds of things people don't think about. Mm. Um, when people come into us, sometimes they have maybe a backpack or they just have the, the clothes that they have on. And mm. so we're trying to, you know, help them furnish an entire apartment. Um where, you know, you think about sheets and blankets and pillows and, and those kind of things 
we need those and we're in yeah. dire straits for those things. Um, okay, listeners, Raise Nation community, you hear it. Um, let's be kind and let's be generous. I mean, donations are, I'm sure, are always good, Myra, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're fundraising every day, all day, oh. 300, 365 days, but never after- stop. Yeah, never stops, never sleeps the the fundraising. But after, you know, second right behind that, I mean, let's think of all the things we have in our house, right? Like cooking mm-hmm. utensils and yeah. you know, non-perishables and towels and bath towels and mm-hmm. toiletries and toilet paper and paper exactly. towel and oh my gosh, you know, that list is endless. So um if we can get our communities out there to um, you know rally back up again with those types of donations. Uh, I think we're hearing how important they are. So, um, well, let me hear, I'm, I can't believe, you know, I, I probably could talk to you for another hour. Um, it's such a interesting work that you're doing and you're, you're just really, I love the success story that you shared and I'm sure there's so many more of them. So we'll have to bring you back on again to um, hear of this one gentleman's uh, journey to success and quality of life. And, um, here may be more success stories, but let's, before we go, just any shout outs, anybody out there that um, a corporation or a uh, donor or a volunteer or an employee or something that struck a chord with you this year that really stands out that you want to give a shout out to? So I'd like to give a shout out to my board of directors. They have been terrific. Um, they've always supported me and the agency. Um, they're very mission driven as well. Um, and really think about the, you know, putting the agency first before anything else. So I just have a terrific board. I want to thank them for all that they've done for the agency. Oh, my board president, stellar, you know, I don't know what I would do without him. So I oh, just that's nice. So you know, it sounds like them. there's a real connection. You know, sometimes there's a disconnect between board and sponsors and you know, this is, there's a disconnect, but it really sounds that like through and through your mission is just top down, bottom up is just embedded through and integrated through and through and, you know, at the forefront of everything that you do in the fact that you even practice what you preach with your own employees. So that's really lovely lovely to see. So big shout out to Mental Health America of West Central Indiana and that board, those board of directors keep doing what you're doing. So what what's the future holding? Um, what, what's next? What does 2022 look like? What are you trying to, uh, where, where are you going this year? Um, what would you like to see accomplished? So we're going to construct Mullen Flats. We're going to move uh, 42 households in during wow. uh, the end of uh 2022. That's almost so one be, a week, man. That's like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But it'll be after construction. So it'll be like, um, 15 a week. Wow. Okay. <laughs> As the way, the way it works out. Um, we're looking, um, we're doing some work around, um, prevention and, um, substance misuse. And I hope we quit talking about it and quit doing assessments and start doing real programming to help young people um, say no to drugs and alcohol and stay healthy um, through their teenage and, you know, adult life. So we're looking forward to that, seeing what that research shows us for um, Vigo and Sullivan counties here in Indiana. 
and um, we're doing great things with suicide prevention. Um, we had two teams that just came back from assist training, which is suicide prevention training. And um, they're going to be ramping up doing a lot of suicide prevention training in our in our state. So we're excited. Um, we want to get we want people to know that they need to be here tomorrow, that they count and get people to Aww. take the training. Oh, you just made me weepy. Yep. We need people to be here tomorrow. Yeah. You said a lot of beautiful things in, in our little chat, but I guess the two that resonate with me is without mental health, there's no health. And for all you beautiful people out there, we need you here tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I think after this podcast, I'm going to have to call my daughter. She um, She's a freshman, uh, Myra, at Boston College. So big shout out to my daughter, Alyssa. But she uh, joined, the reason why I'm mentioning her, and, and most of our audience knows Alyssa at this point, we talk about her a lot. But um, she um, has a class um, at Boston College called Pulse. And she had to um, decide on a year-long volunteer project. So I, I believe she does something like I want to say 16 hours a week. I don't know exactly on the hours, but she did decide to um, volunteer for a suicide hotline. Oh. So she is, you know, volunteering weekly. I think she does one or two overnights a month. And um, I didn't realize exactly how important her volunteer work is. So yeah, for all She's you people out there that want to help. Everybody can do that. <sighs> yeah. special. It takes oh, a special well, person you. to be able to listen to somebody that is in crisis a mode. situation where they don't think they're worth living another day. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks to your organization and the work that you're doing and the education that you're providing. You touched my heart today. Every time I talk to you, Myra, you touch my heart. So keep going. Uh, thank you for everything you, you're doing. Um Hopefully we can check back with you, um, have another chat and invite you back to Raise Nation. Um, I would love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for your time. You know, Fearless Fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. This was one for the book, certainly inspiring. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But in the meantime, be sure to listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio and follow the channel that you like most. We're everywhere, multi-channel Raise Nation Radio. So you can get all the notifications um, on Honor No Guests. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Their stories are awe-inspiring, as you just heard, and you won't want to miss a single episode. I'd like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check them out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on their homepage for a broad catalog 
of ebooks, blogs, success stories that you're sure to find helpful. A big, huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Myra Wilkie, for sharing her expert and authentic voice. Myra is with Mental Health America of West Central Indiana. Be sure to check them out. And if you're so inclined to donate or make a donation with household items to, to get homes and four walls around people and to share them with with love and respect that they deserve. Myra, thank you so much for being with us today. I truly enjoy our conversation. Any last words of inspiration? Oh, I just really appreciate you, Dawn, and best of luck to Alyssa. Oh, that was so sweet. (laughs) Thank you so much. And big shout out to your board of directors. Um, One last thing, Myra, if our audience is looking to connect with you, how do we find you? Um, I'm on our website, www.mhawci.org. Ah, we'll look you up there. Well, thank you again so much. Until next time, that's a wrap. I am Don Lego, and this is Rays Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. One Cause is the proud sponsor of Rays Nation Radio and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Day in and day out, One Cause puts your cause at the center of everything they do. Let One Cause power your fundraising.